welcome to Sage and Spirit, a podcast designed to nourish your mind, body, soul, and spirit. I'm your host, Anna Claire Lottie, and I'm so grateful you're here. In this holistic wellness podcast, I'll be having candid conversations with others, exploring topics such as healing with plants, food as medicine, earth connection, spirituality, conscious entrepreneurship, and so much more. Thank you for being here and sharing in this journey with me. Hello, and welcome back to Sage and Spirit. I want to start off by acknowledging that we are right smack in the middle of Mercury in retrograde. And for any of you who know about astrology, you know that this can be a really interesting time. And if you're not familiar with Mercury in retrograde, while I'm not an astrologist, what I can say about it is that oftentimes we notice um, Mercury in retrograde can affect our communications and different technological applications and so on and so forth. But I just have to say this time around, Mercury retrograde in eclipse season, nonetheless, has been quite a doozy. You may have noticed if you're an avid listener of Sage and Spirit that I actually did not air an episode last week, and that was mostly in part uh, thanks to Mercury in retrograde (laughs) because I lost my podcast files. So I was all set and ready to air a new episode for y'all, and all my files were gone. So I had to start over which is totally fine and somewhat exciting because I got to do some more interviews. But it turns out that during those interviews, the internet went out on my end, we rescheduled, the internet went out on their end, and it's really just been a time (laughs) to get all this together. So I'm so excited to finally bring you another podcast episode and to introduce you to my guest today. But of course, before I get started with today's episode details, just a quick reminder that all of the information on this podcast is meant for educational and entertainment purposes only. None of the information that is shared is meant to treat, diagnose, cure, or prevent any illness. And I always highly recommend that you speak with a trusted healthcare provider before you start any new protocols, before you add any herbs or supplements that you haven't worked with before, especially if you have a medical condition, if you're taking any medications, if you're pregnant, nursing, any of those things, just be sure that whatever else that you might want to incorporate is really a good thing for you. So with that being said, one more reminder, and that is that we are still booking for our upcoming retreat this fall in the beautiful Sacred Valley of Peru. My dear friend, Sandra Hamilton and I will be leading up to 10 participants through the Sacred Valley for nine full days and nights. And we will be taking part in all of the magic, mystery, and mysticism that Peru offers. We will be meeting with Kero teachers of ours and participating in authentic Kero teachings and ceremonies. We'll be going out into the breathtaking Andes Mountains with indigenous healers on guided plant hikes. We'll be offering hands-on herbal medicine and plant spirit workshops. And 
Um, among so many other things, we also will be enjoying some amazing organic Peruvian food and just really taking in the beauty and medicine and nourishment of Peru and the Sacred Valley and the beautiful people that live there and that are willing to share their teachings with us. It's going to be a really amazing journey and we'd love to have you join us. If you'd like to find out more, you can visit my website at www.dancingsagewellness.com slash retreats. You can find out all of the trip details there. We are currently offering early bird pricing through August 22nd, but at the rate things are going, uh, we might actually be full before then. So if you're interested, be sure to head to the website, check out all the details. Let me know if you have any questions at all. You're always welcome to email me at info at dancingsagewellness.com. And I look forward to answering any questions that you may have. So moving on to our episode today, I'm speaking with Corey Pine Shane, who was actually my primary and first herbal teacher. If you aren't aware, I actually moved to the uh, Asheville area a little over seven years ago to study herbal medicine, and I went to the Blue Ridge School of Herbal Medicine, which is Corey Pine's school, and at the time, he was offering an herbal apprenticeship, and so I was so grateful that he took a chance on offering one of the apprenticeships to me. I applied and was really excited to be accepted and immerse myself into the world of herbal medicine that was completely new to me. And I was doing it four days a week. And from there, I went on to another one of his programs, the clinical program at the Blue Ridge School of Herbal Medicine. And I actually also managed Corey Pine's tincture business for about five and a half or six years. So really, I've learned a lot from Corey Pine and from all the teachers that he employs with his school. And it only makes sense to feature him on the show here since he has so much to do with how I got started in herbalism to begin with. So I'm really excited to bring you this episode. And today we're actually talking all about herbal first aid and building an herbal first aid kit. So a little bit about Corey Pine. He is, again, the founder of the Blue Ridge School of Herbal Medicine, located here in Asheville, North Carolina, and he has spent over 25 years teaching and helping clients artfully blending Chinese and Western herbal traditions with a focus on local plants. As a seasoned wild crafter, Corey Pine has extensive knowledge of wild plants as well as medicine making, which he has put forth into his upcoming book, Southeast Medicinal Plants. He's also the author of an ebook, Herbs for Pain, which we'll also talk about later in the episode if you're interested in getting a print copy. He's taught at many national herb conferences. He's a professional member of the American Herbalist Guild. And Corey Pine also believes that laughter is an essential part of any medicine chest, which is why he has declared himself a part of the Wise Guy School of Healing. That being said, today we talk all about herbs that can be used as first aid. We talk about different applications of these herbs, when you might consider working with some of these different plants. And we talk about some of his favorites like Arnica, Rescue Remedy, St. John's Wort. Um, and we might surprise you with a few kitchen spices as well. So 
I would highly suggest taking notes with this one if you can, if you're in a space. Um, I just always find that herbs can be so helpful in first aid situations, sometimes very um, seemingly benign situations, but also some of the bigger situations, herbs have really come in to help me and support me through some of these different circumstances, such as sprains or wounds, um, anything like that. So I hope you get a lot out of today's episode and enjoy the show. Hey, Corey Pine, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for being here today. Yeah, thank you, Anna Claire. Thank you for having me. It's only fitting that uh, you being my first and primary herb teacher, I'm really excited to have you on the show and I feel like it's about time. So super excited to have you here today and to talk about all things herbal first aid, which I know is one of your specialties and something that you've been doing for a really long time now. So um, I would love to maybe just get started with talking a little bit about how you got into herbalism in the first place and um, how that led you to where you are now, owning an herb school and teaching all the time and doing all the things that you do. It's kind of funny how I got started in herbal medicine because I think that what it brings up for me is I think that any of you, anybody listening to this podcast can become an herbalist, no matter what your age, it just takes paying attention and researching and, and just, it just takes passion and attention. I, I just loved being in nature as a kid. I just would spend a lot of time in the woods and, um, I, when I was probably about like 19 or so, I, I met an herbalist, never met an herbalist before in my life. I grew up in the suburbs and uh, I was just fascinated. I started studying with this guy, Seven Song. I started learning about plants, learning what the names of the plants were, what could be medicinal, what could be edible, really with no intention at all of becoming an herbalist. You know, it just seemed like that was something that other people did. Other people were teachers. Other people were healers. I was just the college student. Um, somehow that passion for learning plants and learning about healing just got, it just got into me. And I just, I just started studying it more and more going deeper and deeper and just seeing how this idea, maybe not even an idea, this feeling that there are plants all around us that can offer us food and medicine and healing. And uh, it's so empowering and that it just fascinated me. And I just had to learn that more and more. I just, it, it's like the, the Joseph Campbell thing about follow your bliss. It was not really an intention that I set. It was kind of an intention that my heart set without me really even knowing it. <laughs> it's like, and that makes, yeah, that makes so much sense. Um, I love what you say about how people can get started at any point. Um, you know, I, I never even knew that herbalism was a thing until I was like in my early 30s. And that was when I, you know, discovered you and some of the other places in Asheville and herbal schools. And I was just, yeah, it just opened up this whole new world and I was mesmerized by it. And so, you know, I'm so glad that that you took a chance on offering me an apprenticeship and having me come to your school. And I was able to really fully immerse myself in learning about the plants and learning about the herbs and, um, you know, just continuing this, this legacy of deepening our connection with every 
everything around us, the world and the plants around us. And it really is about following your bliss because I find that most people who come to herbalism or who, who are interested, you know, it's like, once you start learning, you just want to learn more and more and more, at least that's how that's been my experience with it. And I'm sure, you know, here you are, how many years later, like, I'm sure it's gotta be the same, right? <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm a teacher and I've been a teacher I've mean, been running my own herb school for 22 years now, and I'm still such a student. I'm still learning. There's so much to learn about how the human body works, about how the complexity of each individual plant. And then you take these complex plants, you mix them with these complex people, and it's just, yeah, it's a lifetime of study. More than a lifetime, but all I have is one. Right, all at least for now. So. <laughs> <laughs> right. So you studied with Seven Song, and that was that was how you really got started with your studies, right? And then it was how many years later that you opened the Blue Ridge School of Herbal Medicine? Let's see. I, I started studying with Seven Song maybe in 1990 or so. I, I officially went to his herb school, I think it was 1994. And then I studied with his teacher, Michael Moore, at the Southwest School of Botanical Medicine. So Michael Moore and Seven Song are my two main teachers, um, and then I opened my herb school in 1999. I only had a couple students that first year. I didn't really know anything about marketing. Um, but I got a couple students and I just did it in my living room. And now I can say, you know, yes, that's right. I opened an herb school last millennium. <laughs> yeah, that seems pretty, pretty huge, huh? <laughs> it's been a whole millennium that you've been doing this thing. <laughs> right. I know. Just got lucky there with timing. So, um, so our, our topic of conversation today is all about herbal first aid. And I love this, again, this legacy, because I know that this is a really big passion for your teacher, Seven Song, as well. So it's cool to see that sort of carried down through the lineage, so to speak. And um, I wonder, was it was it working with Seven Song that got you interested in first aid, or was there some other, um, you know, event or reason that you kind of wanted to get into that in the first place? Mm. I think it was working, going to Rainbow Gatherings and working with Seven Song at first with doing first aid at Rainbow Gatherings uh, was yeah, that was a big part of what really got me into first aid. And then seeing, seeing that thing where you would see these immediate results. People would be in pain, you'd give them an herb, they wouldn't be in pain. You see herbs stop bleeding. You just see all these amazing things that herbs can do. And it's funny because I have a clinical practice, which is almost the exact opposite of first aid, right? In the <laughs> clinical practice and working with people's constitutions and they might... Um, they might have pain, but I'm trying to figure out, okay, why, why do they have pain? Where's this coming from? What's the underlying imbalance? And then kind of working with that. And so first aid is almost the opposite. It's not constitutional. It's like treating what's in front of you. And when you give someone a constitutional remedy, in other words, something to change the roots, the root cause of their problems or symptoms, they take weeks or months to see like really powerful results. But with herbal first aid, you see the results like really quickly. Um, you know, if you give the right herb at the right time, you know. So I think it was, yeah, I think it was both working. So rainbow gatherings, large gatherings of people off in the woods, you're a ways away from medical care, a great place where I've practiced and learned a lot of first aid. Um, and then um, 
just helping people. You know, I just really love the idea of being a community herbalist and having people in my community come to me, um, probably a little bit less so now that there's Facebook and social media. But, you know, in the past, people would call me up a lot and say like, oh, by the way, I think I'm, you know, a friend of mine might be experiencing this or I might, I'm having this really bad pain. Should I go see a doctor? My answer, by the way, is usually yes. If you think you should go see a doctor, you might should see one. But, you know, I'll talk with them a little bit. We'll try to figure out what's going on. I'm not diagnosing them. I'm not telling them that they have appendicitis or that they don't have appendicitis. I just kind of give, um, help them as a friend. Um, but oftentimes people, I mean, just this morning, someone texted me, ironically, just this morning, ironically, someone texted me and said like, hey, I got a bad cut in my hand. What herbs can I use? So, you know, we chatted about that. It's just, first aid is, it's, it's not something special that we do. It's something that, even someone who's works with even an herbalist who works with cancer or Lyme disease, they're probably doing first aid at home on hikes, on car trips with their friends, with their family. It's like we all do first aid because first aid situations just happen all the time, all the time, anywhere, anywhere. Yeah, I definitely. I know I've been so blessed to have certain plants growing outside my window, um, growing in my yard and my garden and um, you have actually been around for some of the first aid experiences that I've gone through. I remember our clinical herbal graduation uh, when I slammed my finger in my car door. And um, it was like, you know, in the evening, I was one of the last people to leave. I was helping clean up and my fingers were just absolutely kind of mangled. Like they were almost unrecognizable. And I just remember I ran back to your front door and immediately requested Arnica and rescue remedy, because I just knew in that moment I had to like first like deal with the shock of what was going on. So the rescue remedy was huge for me. And then the Arnica, you know, I think you remember too, that we literally watched the swelling go down and it was just such a crazy experience. But, you know, like you're saying, when you have these acute situations and then you're able to really just deal with them in the moment, there's something, first of all, that's really wonderful about that because you can, you can help in that moment, you know? Um, but also it's really gratifying to just see that quick reaction, to see the herbs really coming in to support and, you know, in those processes. So, um, I am definitely super grateful for what I know about working with herbs for first aid. And you mentioned that they can happen anytime, anywhere. And so, you know, other than just being at home and maybe like in my case, oftentimes maybe my knife slips when I'm cooking and cutting things up in the kitchen. And, you know, I've kind of taken some of the, some of the nail off or some of my skin. And I've been really grateful for plants like yarrow that, like you said, help to stop bleeding. Um, but other than just being at home and having things like that come up, what are some instances that you've seen where herbal first aid really comes into play or where it's a really helpful thing to have around? What are some like circumstances, places I've been or circumstances I've seen? Yeah. Any of the above, just sort of, um, you know, like what are instances that you think, oh, well, that would be a good time for herbal first aid. Like maybe people are on hikes out in the woods and there's not, they don't have their, maybe their regular go-tos nearby or they're not near running water or, you know, just that sort of thing. Right. 
Yeah, I mean, definitely. I mean, because any time could be a good time, even if you're like in a city a block away from a hospital. But especially when you're out in the woods on a hike, um, camping out at a rainbow gathering, at a, at a music <laughs> festival. I feel like I've done a lot of first aid at music festivals, sometimes actually hired or volunteering as part of staff and sometimes just helping out my friends, the people around me. Um, yeah, and so when I'm treating myself or my, the, you know, my direct family, then that's one set of first aid kit. But if I'm, if I'm doing uh, volunteering for a whole music festival, I'll have a much bigger first aid kit with a larger variety of herbs. Um, but yeah, it can be so helpful because you can help people in a way that prevents them from going to the hospital, not prevents, <laughs> but you can help people in a way where they don't have to go to the hospital because of the treatment you gave, or you can help someone if they really do need to go to a hospital, like they they broken bone or something, you can help them stabilize, be in less pain and be more calm so they can, the you know, when they get to the hospital, the hospital there can like do better work. I'm not anti-Western medicine, just to be clear about that. Um, I'm not against hospitals or emergency rooms or urgent care. I just feel like, why not use herbs first? There are so many ways that herbs can help um, in ways that drugs can't. And maybe drugs, you know, even like over-the-counter drugs might be stronger in some ways. But when we can like find herbs that work more uh, specifically, sometimes they can be uh, stronger. Maybe not stronger, but sometimes they can work better for certain situations than... Uh, it's almost like they have an intelligence, right? Like they just kind of know how to get in there and they, they're coming, you know, in some regard from a living being, right? Rather than something that maybe was created in a lab or derived from some other substance. So it's almost like they have this intelligence of like just knowing what we need sometimes. At least that's how I feel about it. Right. Yeah, exactly. And I, I mean, I, I try to like match the personality of the plant with the personality of the person. So um, if, if someone was building an herbal first aid kit, let's talk about some of the herbs that you might include and why. Um, you know, I, I know that you have some go-to, so I'd love if you could share some of those with us and, and talk about why they're the ones that you would want to keep around in your first aid kit. Oh, yeah. I've got a great first aid kit. And it's interesting because like what I was saying before, too, if I'm going on a hike, if I'm going on a day hike, my first aid kit's going to be a lot smaller than if I'm going on a two week long road trip and I have, you know, a car to put stuff in versus if I'm like at a festival or a large gathering of people where I might be treating hundreds of people, it's gonna be a much larger kit. But the core, the core things I keep with me, I mean, some are herbal and some are, some are herbs, extracts I can make myself or that, you know, people listening could like make it home. And there's other things that I buy cause they're just easy to access. Um, some are things that we get at the CVS or Walgreens. So let's see. I think one, th the first thing that comes to mind is uh, rescue remedy, or I typically use what's called five flower essence. And it's a flower essence. It's a blend of five flower essences. And it's really good. It's um, one you mentioned already in your, in your story, Anna Claire. Uh, they're just so good for any kind of like emotional shock, trauma, grief, like that feeling of like, oh my God, 
I don't know what to do. Sometimes just a few drops of that can be super helpful. I've seen it. I've seen it work on animals. I saw it work once on a dog that got hit by a car. I, I saw it work on someone who is having an asthma attack because of um, a really intense situation. I've just seen it work so many times. I just like really trust it. Uh, the other remedy you mentioned, great remedy, Arnica, homeopathic Arnica, uh, 30C or 200C. Also, so homeopathic is different than herbal. Not everybody recognizes that, but homeopathic is actually, homeo means like cures like. So homeopathics and you take things that in large doses can cause a symptom in very, very small doses can help a symptom. And uh, Arnica 30C or even 200C is even better. Really great for bruises and contusions and which is kind of the same thing. Um, muscle strains and sprains, ankle sprains, wrist sprains, any of that. Just love Arnica. Um, and I also, I get fresh Arnica plant and I infuse that in olive oil. And so I also love the topical of Arnica oil. I'll usually combine it with St. John's wort infused oil. I'm saying infused oil because these are not essential oils. They're not aromatic. They're um, the fresh herb infused in a, in a vegetable oil, like olive oil. Uh, but Arnica St. John's wort oil is, I, I call that like my trauma oil. I use that for all kinds of like injuries and pain. People often talk about St. John's wort for depression and it's, it is very nourishing for the nervous system. But in first aid, it has a long, long, centuries long uh, tradition of being used for first aid, both internally and topically for pain, for injuries, um, and also for burns. So St. John's wort oil is great topically for burns. And St. John's wort you can use even on wounds. Arnica, you should never use topically on open wounds. It's really irritating. It's actually quite painful. Don't do that. Um, other things I keep in my first aid kit, I love anemone. That's the plant anemone, not sea anemones. Uh, <laughs> That'd be hard to carry around, right? <laughs> yeah, they get all squirmy and like... always jumping out of the bag. <laughs> <laughs> An anemone is sometimes called wind flower, uh, pask flower, wind flower, but a tincture of that I use just drops at a time for kind of like a stronger version of uh, the rescue remedy or five flower essence for shock, for trauma, for when people feel kind of out of their body, helps them come back in. Um, that's a little bit harder to get. That's a little bit harder to like find in the marketplace because large doses can have strong side effects. It's not really poisonous. Like no one dies from it, but it's really unpleasant to overdo that. So we just do drops of that at a time, just a few drops, like two or three drops at a time. Um, but anemone is also good for migraine headaches. So something I think about a lot when doing first aid kit is things that don't have just one use, but have multiple uses. So um, I think about like lavender essential oil. So again, not all of these are strictly speaking herbal, although they all come from plants, but lavender essential oil I use for aromatherapy, people can smell it and it helps with the shock, the trauma. You can put a few drops on a burn and it helps treat a burn. Actually, I make a burn oil. Uh, I don't sell it on my website or anything, but I just kind of make it for myself, which is St. John's wort 
infused oil with a few drops of lavender essential oil. And I just find that really great. After you cool off the burn, putting some of that on, treat the burn. And it's always good to have, you know, your immune herbs like echinacea, osha, two of my favorite immune herbs. Um, yarrow, it's great to stop bleeding. That could keep going. Like, what do we have in a first aid kit? <laughs> yeah. Um, and, you know, I love that you mentioned lavender essential oil because for some reason, I feel like lavender is one of those plants that it's almost so ubiquitous that I forget about it a lot. Like it's been so present, you know, we see lavender soaps and lavender aromatherapy, everything and lavender pillows and lavender bundles. And, and so it's one of those that's definitely more well-known in commerce and just in the world in general. Um, but at the same time, every single time that I actually get a whiff of lavender, I notice an immediate shift and I feel like every single time that happens, I'm like, oh yeah, lavender is super powerful and it's really abundant in some ways, just because it's really accessible as far as getting it in commerce or finding lavender. It's not like one of those things where you go online and you're like, I don't know, I just can't find lavender anywhere. You know, like it's definitely one that's, that's easy to come across and really can, can be a big shift, um, even if it's just in calming someone, or like you said, using it topically for burns, I've used it before for insect bites. And some people even say that it can help mm. keep certain insects away. Um, and you smell nice at the same time. So, you know, it's kind of yeah. a win-win situation as far as I can tell. Sometimes I've even, when I've been doing first aid at large gatherings, where there might be a lot of, uh, I don't know, intense situations, Taking taking a like a pound of lavender flowers, and then wrap them up in little like sachets, like just tie them up in like little bags, mm. and then because it's hard to give out bottles of essential oil, uh, but handing out these like little sachets of lavender flowers, and people can, can just crush the flower and smell that, and you still get the same effect as from the essential oil. So that would be like a much less expensive way to like hand out lavender to like a whole bunch of people. Oh yeah, that's a great idea. And you know, now that you mentioned that, something I remember from one of our classes at your school at the Blue Ridge School of Herbal Medicine, we had Lorna Moni Brodek come from Atlanta one day to, to talk to us about her herbalista clinic that she offers in the Atlantic air, Atlanta area. And I remember that she showed us these little, I can't remember what they're called, sniffers or sni not snifter, because that's what you drink brandy out of, right? But they're like these little, they almost look like a, like a chapstick sort of applicator or something. Mm -hmm. And you can, they have a little foam or some sort of material inside where you can put the essential oil drops on there. And then people can essentially just hold them up to their nose and sort of take a, take a strong or deep whiff and carry them around like that. So it's a little bit more portable than like you said, having to pass out a bottle of essential oil, it's certainly cheaper and, you know, maybe would last a little bit longer too. But I love the idea of the, the flowers because they're one of the ones that dried seems to really retain a lot of their aroma over time. Yes. Yeah, definitely. They dry really well and they, yeah, cause not every plant retains its aroma well. And, but lavender, even like three years later, it's still like definitely lavender. Right. It's still got something and, and it's recognizable and, and, as long as you can smell it, it's it's going to have some sort of effect, it seems to me. Right, yeah, definitely. 
So what are some of the, um, you know, you've mentioned a lot, and I think this is a really important piece you've mentioned about not only tending to whatever happens on a physical level in first aid, but really also treating the emotional response. So you're talking about rescue remedy and you're talking about anemone tincture and these things that can help us to deal with the trauma or shock of a situation when it happens. And I think that oftentimes, especially when we're talking about other medical models or other ways of approaching situations like this, that might oftentimes get overlooked. And so I love that in this sort of holistic first aid kit, maybe we'll call it that rather than herbal, because we do have different things in the mixed in the bag here. Um, but it's almost like that's one of the first things to be aware of and to pay attention to, because if that's sort of not addressed in the moment, then that can be a bigger piece of the, the healing puzzle. Would you agree with that? Oh yeah, definitely. I know it's funny. I'm noticing I, I have talked a lot about like the emotional piece of first aid. And I think that's one place, even aside from a first aid kit, just our presence, just being present with someone and being like a caring, compassionate, calm human being with someone who might be kind of freaked out. I just, I just see a lot of first aid situations, whether it's um, an accident or someone like, you know, slipped with their knife while they're cutting vegetables or, um, you know, whatever is happening, people get really scared a lot of times and helping someone stay calm and grounded means that you can then make better choices about what to do with their health care from then on. Secondly, I find wounds heal, like physical wounds actually can heal pretty quickly. You know, even like a big knife gash, it's like, you know, if it's cleaned and doesn't get infected, you know, when maybe you know, stitched up or butterfly bandage, whatever is needed, you know, in a week, it's going to be, um, it's going to be better. But the emotional issues sometimes can take uh, a longer time to, to heal. And so I feel like it's so important to work with the emotional issues as well. Because that trauma, that critical incident stress, more specifically than PTSD, which is more like long-term um, that can be triggering for someone like months afterwards. So that's why it's so important to deal with the emotional issues in, in first aid, as well as just the physical damage as well. And as we've talked about, there's a lot of great remedies for that. A lot of great remedies to like help someone um, mentally, emotionally deal better, stay grounded, stay centered in the middle of a potentially traumatic situation. Definitely. I think that's such an important piece to mention too. So thank you for that. Um, so just kind of to segue into that more physical piece, I know you've talked about yarrow as being one of the ones that you like to have around, especially for cuts and that sort of thing. What are some other herbs or uh, tools that you like to have in your holistic first aid kit for some of the more physical traumas that people might encounter? Mm. Yeah, there's different things. Some of the main things people would encounter in first aid. I mean, there's, there's wound care, like cuts. Uh, then there's like uh, blunt trauma. So bruises, bumps, you know, we talk about like as like soft tissue injury, sprains, strains, that, that kind of thing. Often I say like sprain strains in automobiles. Um, so for wound care, we've talked about yarrow already being like so good. One of the things I love about yarrow is just that it's 
it stops bleeding, but it is also itself an antiseptic. So the fresh herb kind of mashed up, put in there, antiseptic, stops bleeding. Um, or I also powder it. I keep a powder as a hemostatic, which means just to stop bleeding. So you can put the powder in there as well. Um, I also use one of my favorite blends to stop bleeding. is a It's a Chinese patent remedy called Yunnan Paiao. So Yunnan, Y-U-N-N-A-N, and then second word, Paiao, P-A-I-Y-A-O. Um, a lot of health food stores have it. You could probably get it at most places where you would buy herbs. You can either buy it as a powder or as a capsule. And it's great either to sprinkle the powder on externally or take it internally for a really bad thing. Just, it's several different herbs and it's kind of a secret family formula. But um, from what I've heard, it was even used by like the Viet Cong during the, the Vietnam War. They would use it for like bullet wounds. So it's, 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 it's badass enough to like stop bleeding from bullet wounds. Wow. <laughs> Sounds pretty impressive. Oh, right. And then there's, um, I always keep some kind of like antimicrobial, you know, you might use the word antibiotic, but they're kind of antimicrobial bacterial killing uh, tincture in my, in my first aid kit. So for a topical antimicrobial, many people use golden seal. Frankly, I find that golden seal is very expensive. It's becoming very much overpicked in the wild. So there's several other herbs that have the same constituent called berberine. Berberine is the chemical, one of the chemicals in golden seal that makes it antimicrobial, antiviral, antifungal. And you find that same chemistry in uh, herbs like barberry and Oregon grape, which is not at all related to grapes. It just has fruits that look like grapes. So Oregon grape, barberry, and then also a plant we have down here in the Southeast US called yellow root. Um, in Chinese medicine, they use an herb called coptis, gold thread, coptis. Um, all those herbs contain berberine. You could like tincture any of those or powder any of those and use those topically. It's gonna to cost you a whole lot less money than buying golden seal tincture or powder. Um, and it's good for the forest. You know, we're gonna be using plants that are much more abundant than, than golden seal. But always good to have one of those around either as a tincture or as a powder to, to put on wounds I should mention too that putting an alcohol extract on wounds is going to burn. It's painful, <laughs> as you might know. Um, but it's also the alcohol is also disinfecting, so it's painful, but it lasts for a short time. If I'm giving it to somebody else, I'll warn them, "Hey, I'm going to put this this tincture on your wound. It's going to hurt for a little bit, but after about 15 seconds, it'll probably feel better." So that's that's kind of like some. Some of my favorite wound care herbs. We could talk more uh, about this. Not herbal, but I always carry uh, what I call vet wrap. It's uh, vet wrap is probably the easiest way to find it online. Uh, but it's like if uh, if a dog has a wound and they they have to like put a bandage on. It's basically it's um, it's a type of tape that sticks to itself but doesn't stick to your skin. So you can put a piece of gauze pad or Band-Aid over something and then wrap this vet wrap around it and it'll keep it, it'll keep it in place. Really good for wounds on the hands and the feet where it's hard to keep a Band-Aid in place or a bandage. Um, so that's, the, that's another piece that I just love having in my first aid kit. 
So Corey Pine, uh, sorry, a quick question for you there with the vet wrap. Were you saying that's not something you would put directly on a wound necessarily, but you would put gauze down first and then use the vet wrap to hold it in place? Exactly. Okay, cool. Nice. Yeah, so often I buy like um, two by two, in other words, two inch by two inch gauze pads. They can be non-sterile. Uh, mostly what I use, just like non-sterile gauze pads. They're a lot cheaper. You just like put some of those on there and then uh, wrap the vet wrap just like all the way around the limb that you're, or hand or foot that you're trying to wrap. Um, don't make it too tight because it, it can uh, cut off circulation if it's on too tight or if the hand swells or foot swells. Um, they could also make it too tight. But the great thing is you could always unwrap it and rewrap it because it just it sticks to itself. So it's not going to like there's no elastic to wear off. So, yeah, great thing to have in the first aid kit. Yeah, sounds like it. Um, awesome. So what are some of your other um, different physical remedies that you like to carry with you? Are there any more that you like to carry around in your kit or have for some of the other things you mentioned, like blunt trauma or uh, sprains and strains. I know you mentioned the Arnica homeopathic for that. Anything else that comes to mind for you? Yeah. So for blunt trauma, like um, Arnica homeopathic is great. And uh, also maybe I mentioned this before too, but the Arnica infused oil and St. John's wort infused oil, great for like, for wounds, for, uh, well, sorry. Not for open wounds, but for any kind of blunt trauma or sprains, like sprained ankles, sprained wrist. Just love Arnica. Arnica and St. John's Wort combined together. Sometimes I put Arnica, St. John's Wort, and Calendula together. It's like a like a triple threat. Calendula, another great wound herb as well, I should mention. Um, I, I also love comfrey. Comfrey is classic. I mean, I can't talk about, I can't do a class in first aid and not talk about comfrey. Mm-hmm. Um, most people will recommend these days not to do comfrey internally. Um, some controversy in the herbal world about that, but it is perfectly safe externally. Um, so I make comfrey into an oil and a salve, but then I also, you can take the take the leaves, make a tea of the leaves or the root. The root is even stronger. If you simmer that root for 20 minutes, it makes like a goopy, it's, it's like power healing goop. Mm-hmm. It's just like super nourishing. You can soak a cloth in that and like wrap the, the body part that injured. Comfrey is healing and soothing, but it promotes uh, positive cell growth. So it helps heal the damaged tissue, whether from a, like a sprained ankle or, um, or a wound. I will say though, I, I didn't talk it, about it so much in the wound care, because there's a danger with using comfrey on wounds, which is that um, I'm not saying never to do it, but not don't use comfrey on deep wounds. Uh, it's so good at growing tissue that it can grow the tissue um, at the surface level over the top of the wound. And that creates like an abscess. It creates like this, you know, like a little pus pocket. So you want to use herbs that heal like a plantain leaf not plantain the banana, but plantain leaf, like you would find where, you, where grass grows a lot. That, that heals wounds from the bottom up. It heals wounds, like, whereas comfrey can just like seal over wounds quickly. But great for any kind of sprained ankle, injury. Yeah. I, 
It's such an obvious plant that sometimes we forget about it. And speaking of plantain, let's talk about plantain next. Um, if you don't know what plant, plantain leaf looks like, you probably have it somewhere in your yard. If you have a yard, or if you don't have a yard, you probably have it on the sidewalk near your house. Um, anywhere where grass grows, pretty much, you find plantain. In, in most of uh, North America, Central America, I believe many parts of South America as well. Um, remember like talking to someone in, um, talking to an herbalist from Ecuador who's talking about how she uses plantain as a tea for all kinds of things. Um, but plantain is an amazing first aid kit because that's one of the things I really love about herbal first aid. We don't need to always use things that we buy or made ahead of time. Our medicine is all around us. It doesn't matter if you live in the city or if you live in like the deep woods of the Appalachian mountains, like you have, you have medicine. If you live, if you live in like downtown New York city, there's plants that are healing and medicine within like a couple blocks of you. Um, then of course there's the parks, right? Which have full of medicine. So plantain is a great example of one of those kinds of medicine. So it's something that it's, if I'm with someone and they get stung by a bee or a wasp, pretty much anywhere where there would be, be bees, there would also be plantain. So you just chew up the leaf and um, take it out and then put that on the on the the bee sting. And it just brings relief within about a minute or two. And uh, plantain, I mean, plantain, you can find like anywhere where you find grass, uh, North America, South America, and uh, so great for bee stings. It also is a drawing herb. It doesn't mean that it helps you with your artistic ability. It means that it helps draw things up to the surface to be removed. I taught this in class a few weeks ago in my, in my herb school. And one of the students came back uh, just this week and said they had a splinter. And instead of trying to like get it out with tweezers to try to get in there and dig it out, they just mashed up some plantain leaf, put it on, left it on for about 10 minutes, took the plantain off and the, the splinter, according to them, they said that the splinter was just lying on the surface of their skin. They're able to just like, whoop, pick it up. Nice. So, is that amazing? <laughs> it's so amazing. I actually remember, it's funny that you mentioned it for bee stings too. I remember when we were out with apprentices, um, when I was working for your apothecary and uh, we were taking apprentices out up to one of the popular trails to do some looking around and hiking. And right when we got there, we're completely out of cell phone service or anything. I got stung by a bee and I actually didn't have any, I wasn't sure if I would react to the sting because that kind of runs in my family. A lot of my family members um, have really bad reactions to bee stings. So there we were sort of out of civilization and I got stung by a bee like the second we got there and one of our apprentices grabbed a handful of plantain and just basically shoved it in my face and was like, chew this and slap it on. So she was looking out for me even when I was kind of like, oh no, what am I going to do? It's like I had that knowledge, but sometimes when we're in that space, it's hard to remember. Um, and it I, did. It, I mean, I had no reaction and I didn't even have like a little welt or anything. So I'd say it worked out pretty well. <laughs> Nice. Yeah. And then um, it's interesting because in the U.S. we think about it more as first aid, but in um, apparently in England, they call it ribwort and it's used to, um, to make a tea out of it primarily and use it for like dry lungs or a dry cough. 
Um, it's very soothing and mucilaginous. So you could use it for like an upset stomach. If the upset stomach was like kind of more of a burning pain, like um, uh, esophageal reflux, like acid heartburn or ulcers, I wouldn't use it so much for like, oh, I ate too much, but for that kind of burning pain, uh, heat, hot, red, irritated type conditions. So plantain's also good for that. Um, and you can use it just like comfrey. I talked a bit about comfrey before. You can use it just like comfrey to uh, put on wounds to help them heal, either just the plant itself or an infused oil or a salve, almost any way you use it. You know, almost any way you can make medicine from it, it's going to help heal wounds and bring things back. Yeah, and yarrow. We talked about yarrow before. Yarrow is a super abundant plant and a weed all across North America, maybe South America, but also Europe definitely in Europe as well. I believe in Asia as well. Yeah, also in Asia. Chickweed is a very common herb. Certain times of year, very like soothing. I just, I guess instead of going through all the different plants, because people need to know what the plants look like, it's just good to know that you can use things that are around you. You can use the plants that are growing around you. I mean, some of herbal first aid is having a good herbal first aid kit. And some of it is knowing what you could use. So another example would be, um, another source would be the grocery store. Like just not Whole Foods, not your local food co-op, but just, you know, Ingalls, Safeway, Piggly Wiggly. You know, you can go there and um, you go to the spice section, they have turmeric and turmeric is a great anti-inflammatory. If someone has a sprained ankle or any kind of like acute inflammation, you could add a little bit of water to turmeric powder, the same kind you would get like in a spice rack. You know, <laughs> I feel like turmeric is one of those things that comes, people buy like the 24 spices in a rack and, you know, when they first move into a house and turmeric is in there and nobody ever knows what to do with it. <laughs> so you can take that out of your spice rack, add a little bit of hot water to it, hot water if you can, um, and uh, put that on, on any kind of, bruise or injury, just amazing anti-inflammatory. Uh, garlic, garlic and ginger in the produce section, fresh garlic, fresh ginger, garlic, powerfully antibiotic. You can put it on wounds, like take slices of it and put it on wounds if you really need to, but it is, it will sting. Um, but it can be taken internally as an antibiotic type of herb as well. Um, I mean, even including up to like things like I've heard of people like working with chronic Lyme using garlic, really concentrated garlic as part of their protocol, but super available. Uh, I used to make a garlic syrup, which sounds kind of weird, but it's actually really tasty. You know, like chopping up garlic, let it, let it sit for 10 minutes, put it in a jar covered in honey. Really amazing. And ginger, oh, let me extol upon the virtues of ginger. <laughs> So many. So many. Because ginger, you can just get it in the produce section. You could buy it dried in the um, spice section. You could also, you know, more like health food stores, you can find ginger syrup, you can find candied ginger. Candied ginger, not too hard to find. Often candied ginger is the form I keep it in my first aid kit because it's just really acceptable. And it's also really tasty but almost any of these forms. So ginger, number one thing, it's warming. 
So it's good for people who are cold. I, I was once traveling through the Sierra Nevadas. And as we we're going over the pass, we decided like, oh, there's a beautiful trail. Let's go, go up this way. And it turned out it started snowing, even though it was like early October. Um, and one of the people I was with was just not dressed for the cold and the snow. And they started getting a little bit hypothermic. Uh, and luckily I had some ginger with me. So she just ate some ginger candies and it helped warm her back up. Other major thing I think of with ginger too is for nausea. Just one of the best herbs for nausea, whether it's, um, it's probably why I had it with me on that windy car trip up through the Sierras to begin with. Uh, but yeah, great for motion sickness, could be used for morning sickness, could be used for almost any kind of nausea except for the nausea from being out in the sun for too long. Uh, if there's a lot of heat going on, ginger is very warming. So I might use something like peppermint for that. Even like smelling peppermint essential oil can be like a great way. Uh, if ginger feels like it's gonna be too strong for someone, peppermint is a, is a good alternative. Ginger is also a little bit anti-inflammatory. So you can, it's also anti-inflammatory and anti-spasmodic. So you could grate up ginger, uh, make a tea out of it, soak a cloth in that tea and then put that, that wet cloth on whatever part of your body was having spasms like um, on the belly or abdomen. Um, and it'll help calm the spasms and then maybe drink some ginger tea at the same time. So they're just some common, they're just a few examples. We could go on, but those are a few examples of ways, things you could just get from your grocery store that are like great herbal first aid. I love that um, because I know a lot of times people, especially if they're new to working with herbs, it can be a little daunting to figure out what herb is what and where to get it from and if you have access to it or how much it might cost. So I think it's really nice for, for folks to know that they could just go, like you said, to the local Ingalls or whatever small grocery store you know, might be nearby or on their way out into the woods or something like that. And just to have some of these things on hand or around or something that you just keep in your kitchen um, in case of any of these instances that you mentioned. And it takes me back to what you were saying at the very beginning of our conversation, where it's, you mentioned that you like to choose herbs that sort of have a number of different aspects that they address, so to speak. And it, it seems like ginger and yarrow and all these things that you're talking about, they really do have more than just one way that they can support us either in trauma or in some other sort of physiological response or first aid situation. So it's really great to know that things that are very accessible and very commonly available are also just as helpful as some of the, some of the more kind of herbally things that people might not have heard of before. So I really love that aspect. And I have to ask you this, Corey Pine. I know that as an herbalist, I've been asked many times, well, if you could only have three herbs, what would they be? And I feel like anytime I get asked that, I'm like, what kind of question is that? There's no way I can answer that. But I'm going to ask you that <laughs> and say, if let's just pretend for fun that you were stranded in the wilderness or maybe even on a deserted island and they could airdrop you just three herbs, what would your three herbs be? It's funny because I've thought about this before and I <laughs> still have a hard time narrowing it down. Uh, I mean, I would say Yara would definitely have to be one for all the reasons I mentioned before. But I'm gonna also add 
that yarrow could also be great for urinary tract infections. Yarrow is it's very bitter and aromatic, so it stimulates digestion. It's good for um, good for the liver. So I've even used it for some kind of like liverish headaches, kind of like um, a headache that feels like a hangover. That kind of adjustment, definitely yarrow nettles. Nettles with, I mean, in the words of David Hoffman: "When in doubt, use nettles." Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so I'm I'm interested. Why would you choose nettles? Would it be for more of the nutritional component or um, first aid component? What what would be your go to for nettles in that situation? I was thinking of it. I mean, it does all of that. It's great for first aid and tonic. Um, I was thinking of it more nutritionally because mm. it's just such, it's so high in so many nutrients, iron, magnesium, vitamin C, protein, incredibly high in protein as well. Um, just very nourishing for the whole body. It's also cleansing too, though. It's a bit of a diuretic. So it helps to kind of move toxins out of the body. It's very alkalinizing for the blood. Um, and it also does, I mean, from a first aid point of view, it's one of my favorite herbs for allergies. This has been a really bad allergy year, at least in the Southeast for a lot of people. And I find that the tincture of fresh nettle leaf, amazing for allergies, especially combined with tincture of fresh ragweed leaf. I know a lot of people are allergic to ragweed, but what people are allergic to in ragweed is the pollen and the leaf has none of the allergen in it. So it's totally safe to use um, tea or tincture of the ragweed leaf. Those two, were, those two herbs equal parts, tincture of fresh ragweed, tincture of fresh nettle leaf, amazing to stop um, respiratory allergies, you know, allergic reaction in that sense. I'm saying respiratory because I, I don't know if it would really help with food allergies. Mm. Um, so that's like another great use. I find the tea of nettles is better to prevent allergies Whereas the tincture of, nut, of fresh nettle leaf is better to like actually treat acute allergic reactions. Kind of more of like how someone would use an antihistamine. Mm-hmm. Nice. All right. So we got your two. We got two out of three plants <laughs> here. <laughs> so okay. So the third herb, I I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go with reishi mushroom. So it is one that has a little bit of a first aid. As first aid, it's also good for allergies. Um, it's an immunomodulator. But, you know, for the desert island piece, I like it because it uh, it might help. It's, it's really nourishing for the spirit. It's nourishing for the mind. So that might help with some of the trauma of being stranded on a desert island in the first place. <laughs> it's like, how did I get there? Was it traumatic? I better have some reishi on me. So... <laughs> And so in, great, that, in that case, you would want what, like a liquid extract, or are you going to build a campfire and do a slow decoction in your, <laughs> in your campfire? Ooh, that's a good point. Actually, that would probably be delicious. Just keep that reishi in there and just like get the campfire going. And then when it goes down to like really hot coals, just like stick the, stick the cook pot in there with the reishi in it and just let it cook for a few hours. That'd probably be the best. But yeah, probably liquid extract would be a lot easier. Maybe you can try out the the campfire one in one of your next uh, school field trips. <laughs> right. See how that goes. It could happen. It, it, it might just happen. So reishi, great 
immunomodulator, great for the, for the heart, both the physical heart, it actually lowers blood pressure and improves cardiac contractility, but also for the emotional heart, for the nourishing our heart um, after trauma, after um, people who have disturbed sleep because their mind is still alert and awake and they're dreaming a lot, reishi. Yeah, awesome mm -hmm. for that. Gotta love those good functional mushrooms and reishi is definitely in, in, I'd say my top three functional mushrooms, no doubt. Nice. I just harvested like about three pounds of it yesterday too. Well, the hemlock reishi is what we have around here. So that's the one that I just harvested. Wow, three pounds, that's great. I know, because I make a lot of medicine with that. Yeah, such good stuff. Well, I love too that um, just mentioning the deserted island piece here got you thinking even more out of the first aid kit box, so to speak, and brought up a couple of new plants for us to talk about. So I really appreciate that. And um, any other closing thoughts on first aid herbs or anything else you'd like to add as far as people getting interested in building their own holistic first aid kit? Oh, yeah. I mean, there's some great resources out there online. I, I guess what I want to emphasize is be creative. Like, think about what you have on the land around you. Think about what's in your spice cabinet or your refrigerator. You know, a lot of folk remedies that even use like potatoes or onions sliced and put on the ear or the chest or for things. And I do feel like it's really helpful to have an herbal first aid kit already at hand because when something goes down, that's a bit traumatic. Sometimes it's just nice to know like, oh, let's get this box out and I can look at this and look at the, the ingredients that are in my first aid kit and be like, that's what I need. I need the Arnica. I need the Pedicularis. I need the Anemone. It's just like right there to be able to, to use. So be prepared ahead of time. That actually makes everything a whole lot easier. And the second thing, as far as putting together a first aid kit, is think about what kind of issues you deal with or you know, whoever it is you're gonna be working with. So you, your family, your friends, if you're going on a hiking trip, um, if you're someone who's prone to digestive issues, make sure to have digestive herbs in your first aid kit. If you have a stomach of steel, but you tend to get headaches, then you're gonna to wanna to have headache herbs in your first aid kit. Um, and if you're going hiking, think about herbs that are good for like sprained ankles or insect bites or the kind of things that can happen in that environment. So yeah, it's just a herbal first aid takes a lot of creativity and it's a blend I find of using herbs with using kind of standard practice first aid. It's band-aids and bandages and vet wrap, sometimes Benadryl, and then combined with nettles and anemone and plantain. That's such a good point. And that's what truly makes it holistic, right? Is that we can approach it from all these different angles, from these different modalities and truly build a toolkit of sorts um, that we can choose from whenever we need these different things. 
So that's such a great point to have that built out ahead of time, because I know from my own personal experience that sometimes when you're in the moment and something has happened, it's a whole lot easier to just grab the first aid kit. And like you said, sort through it and see what what fits the issue at hand rather than running in and, and trying to rack your brain for what you might be able to pick off the shelf or trying to stand at the stove and put together a tea. Or if you're out in the wilderness and you know you haven't put something together and you haven't already identified some of the plants that might be helpful around, then you know, you're certainly gonna be kind of scrambling in the moment. So such a great point there. And um, I'd love to ask Corey Pine, I know you mentioned there's a lot of resources out there, but as far as people learning more about you and your different offerings, I know you have different um, programs that you teach each year at the school, but you also do some classes on the side. You have two books now, right? Or you have a, one book that's already in print and one book on the way. So what's a good way for people to learn more about you and all of your different offerings? Right, yeah, I've got a lot out there these days. Um, yeah, I have that book, Herbs for Pain, kind of fits into the whole herbal first aid piece here. Uh, it's a short book. It's like a 35-page book. You can get it as a PDF download on my website, um, or you can, we do have print copies for a few dollars more. Um, and that's at pinesherbals.com. So each one has the S at the end, P-I-N-E-S-H-E-R-B-A-L-S. I guess you could just put this in the notes for the podcast. I will. <laughs> but that's great for, you know, some people don't check out the show notes. So if they're driving in their car and listening, maybe they can make a mental note right. so they can visit pinesherbals.com. They can find your book, Herbs for Pain, which it that's sounds like it's actually kind of great that it's a smaller book. They could even put that in their backpack for taking on the hiking trip, something like that, or on the plane oh. if they're venturing out somewhere. And then you have another book that's coming out soon. Is that right? Yeah. Coming out in October is um, Medicinal Plants of the Southeast. Awesome. 106 plants, how to identify them, harvest them, and use them for, for people and problems. So I'm really excited about that. It's something I've been working on for many years. And at this point, it's written, it's edited. We're just waiting for the 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 publisher to to put it out in the bookshelves so that'll also be on the website when it's available um and then the classes that i teach uh you can find out more about the blue ridge school of herbal medicine at blueridgeschool.org blueridgeschool.org um, and we do six-month programs we do weekend programs i teach a, a wild medicine internship where we go out every saturday all day for six weeks in a row. <laughs> and we're working on creating some online classes. So our plan is uh, starting this fall, October of 2021, we're gonna be launching a few of our online classes so that anybody in the world can participate, can join in in these. And they're not long courses, they're just like, you know, short hour to two hour long classes people can. And the first one is actually gonna be Herbs for Pain. Nice. Cause I'm good at that. <laughs> yeah, that's super exciting. So um, awesome. Well, thank you for sharing all of those ways. Thanks for sharing your wisdom with us today. I do have one last question for you. And that's something that I ask all of my guests here. And that is what is nourishing you right now, these days? Hmm. It's such a good question because Sometimes I feel like I work so hard that I forget to nourish myself. But for me, I, 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 
for me, it's still going out to the woods. Mm. It can be work, but if I turn off my thinking brain and just enjoy being there, just sit down by a creek deep in the woods, um, it just, it brings me back to my true self and not my self that's thinking about social media and what I'm going to do three weeks from now. It just allows me to just be present and and grounded and um yeah today i was like spent a few hours out in the woods up in the mountain here and it just yeah i feel like that's the most deeply nourishing thing for me and even more so i'd say sitting by water in the woods the water just seems to help carry everything away mm-hmm. carry with carry away whatever i don't need i'd say Absolutely. I totally feel that and agree 100%. Nature therapy is where it's at for me. (laughs) So yeah, and it's such a beautiful time here in Appalachia to get outside when we can and to to really appreciate all of the beauty around us. And like you said, to bring us back to ourselves and and that, um, you know, our first connection there. So really appreciate that, Corey Pine. Thank you so much for being here. It's such a treat to have you on the show and to share your words and wisdom with everyone and they can continue to learn more from you either through your school, your classes or your books. So thank you again for being here and I look forward to seeing you again soon. Thank you so much, Anna Claire. It's been great being on here and I, I'm so glad you're doing this podcast and getting this out to the people. Thank you. Thank you, Corey Pine. Thank you for listening to Sage and Spirit. You can download more episodes and subscribe to this podcast on your favorite podcast platform, such as Apple or Google Podcasts. For more show notes and guest information, visit dancingsagewellness.com. Until next time, take care and be well.